Welcome to Spaghetti Launchers, a world-building podcast where we throw spaghetti at the wall, and it's up to you what sticks. Each episode, we go in-depth on an element of fictional worlds, breaking it down, and developing unique examples live on the fly to give you ideas you can copy, steal, or be inspired by. Whether you're a writer, a GM, or an all-around nerd goblin, nerd goblin, just looking to indulge your imagination, we've got you covered. I'm Kyle. I'm Ethan. In this episode, we'll be discussing intelligent animals, and in that, what if animals were about as intelligent as humans? Fun fact, did you know that PETA hates Pokemon? Famously, yeah. yeah. They're, they, I, I they went to war with Pokemon. It was it was a whole thing I, in Tokyo. I didn't know that. And then I remember Googling it a little while ago, just idle curiosity because my brain is broken. And I re- like they made their own version of Pokemon Go. Wait, what? Yeah. They Wait, tried to what make is the, it? I, it's like a non-cruel, uh, a cruelty-free version of Pokemon Go. I didn't download it. I never even downloaded Pokemon Go back in the day, so I can't really speak. But I did remember <laughs> seeing that. I was very... I was like, that takes commitment. That's effort. That's yeah. that's also, you know, coming from a nonprofit background, like that feels like a little bit of mission drift and scope drift, but you know, I get what they're trying to do. But it's it brings to mind, and it's something that I've always wondered, in the Pokemon world, right? You know, here is a world you have all these creatures that are so much more intelligent than your average you know, they're oh, they're borderline human intelligence, right? Yeah. Like they have conversations with their trainers. They, I mean, conversation is an overstatement whenever unquote, you can say one word over and over again. And it's your own name. Yeah. Ethan, 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 Ethan. Kyle? Ethan? Kyle. Ethan. To be able to plan and, and do run complex battle strategies with these creatures that also, some of them are literal gods, which is another question mark, but... How, the implications on that world, you know, I've, I remember even as a kid watching the Pokemon cartoon when it came out in 2000, being like, oh, do they eat, like, is it what KFP? Is it like Kanto fried Pidgey instead of Kentucky fried chicken? <laughs> like, do they eat chicken? Like, you know, there's that Pokemon mill tank. Is it like a, like a mill tank burger instead of a, like, what do they use for food? That was one thing that always, because they're eating, they're eating normal food. Yeah. Like, are there regular animals in Pokemon? And then how do they distinguish between those two? Like, what is their ethical reasoning to, to finding that distinction, right? Because there's, I mean, pigs in the pork, in, in the pork industry, pigs are incredibly intelligent animals yeah. and we treat them like, off terribly oh, yeah. and yeah. you're you're the agriculture expert so i'm going to defer to you but all but I mean, but I've, you nailed I'm, it <laughs> i'm zeroing i'm zeroing in on pigs because they are in many cases i think said to be more intelligent than dogs or just yeah, as yeah. intelligent they're, they're as more them? intelligent than dogs it's right like, it's like i think it's like them and dolphins that are the two people yeah like hold up as exemplars though dolphins are uh fucked up oh yeah they're otters too did you know otters are awful people well, otters. Are I awful. heard it as soon as I said it. <laughs> Just let it go. All right, <laughs> but they are terrible creatures. Okay, so like in thinking about whether or not they're intelligent, my first thought goes to obviously I the, the biggest different difference that uh, humans were able to make by being more intelligent is organizing ourselves and yeah. division of labor, mm-hmm. collaboration, cooperation, still conflict, but yeah. organizing. And you're going to organize if you're intelligent animals, right? And which begs the question immediately of um, there's a real rat king. There's absolutely a rat king that is running around. And 
is recognized as a king. As the rat king. Yeah. So like, oh, but you mean even in like human political circles, like there's the rat king. We have to, we have to negotiate with the rat yeah, king. Yeah. Because you know who's going to be a really nefarious uh, player in a, in a city if you don't keep them happy are the rats. When they're intelligent, rats are already pretty fucking smart and yeah. hard to deal with. We have rats everywhere. We live in a city. There's rats everywhere in the back alley. I saw some walking up to your apartment uh, today. Uh, of course you did. We have traps outside. They have never caught anything because uh-huh. these rats are, are are very dodgy. Now, imagine they're more intelligent. They're going to somehow <laughs> flip those traps on humans. They're going to be so difficult to deal with. They're going to sneak into your house. They're going to fuck with people on a level that we are not used to. So you would have to probably, if you're the rat king, you're going to negotiate, I bet. If you're the Rat King, you're going to negotiate to have like a food depository where (laughs) it's just you you say, all right, everybody in the city needs to put like a little bit of a rather than us sneaking into your houses and stealing your food, which we're doing anyway. Just pay us. We both know it. Stop acting like you don't. Yeah. Just pay us a tribute. You put you put food in this particular building. It's nice. It has l- lovely uh, rugs and carpets so yeah. we can be comfortable. Little like rat couches and stuff. They get like little furniture made for themselves. Like because if they're intelligent, maybe they can use their little paws anyway to start like being crafty. Basically, if you're just like the ratatouille rat, but everybody's that. And then they start using those skills in other uh, avenues. But then they would be able to get so much out of humans by being like well, we're, we're a nuisance if you let us do our own thing so just give us what we want I and then like not. i'm imagine sorry I, no. I, i'm imagining you have like a city council that like governs this city and in the city council you have like the rat king the pigeon prince yeah the, the pigeon prince <laughs> you, you like you, you have these like like you have um the spider syndicate you like, <laughs> like you have these organizations of the fly family yeah like like whatever would plague a, like a city normally you're going to have them organize and be present at like a city council and be like, yes, you guys are the apex, but you really can't take us out no matter what you want to do. Like we right. will always survive. Right. So we how about dig deeper? We, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. So how, like, how about you just work with us? Cause like, like you look at a movie like Zootopia does this yeah. where they like, but they remove humans. Right. But what if you just say, okay, if you still have the humans, what do all the other creatures do? Because humans still have the advantage of we are, we have the opposable thumbs. We are upright. Yep. We're big. Yep. We, we, we can still kill them. But if you remove our ability to think on the level or we, you remove our advantage intelligent wise. Right. What's happening to us? Well, and I think that's there's two questions here. One, you have to decide, are all animals as intelligent as humans? Because or close yeah. or are they close to it? Right. Because if they are as intelligent of humans, uh, as intelligent as humans, then it's just Planet of the Apes. Because True. then you suddenly start realizing, and let's use rats as an example here. Rats, they might not be able to build cities and structures in the same way that humans mm-hmm. can, but they would absolutely take down humans. If they yeah. were as intelligent as us and could organize their ability like to chew through anything that we've built, to sneak and yeah. run away, to swarm the way that they like they would... I feel like barring use of nuclear weapons, but even then to your earlier point, there are so many of them. Yeah. It, we couldn't take out any possible right. And imagine. Unless you're in Alberta. Unless you're in Alberta. I do not understand that reference. Uh, the um, I just agreed with it blindly. <laughs> the Alberta government has a rat killing squad. Their literal job is just to go around killing rats. That's all they do. So there's no rats in Alberta. That's the entire province of Alberta. Really cool and really sad. It, it's really intense. Yeah, for what it is. Yeah. It's, so it's like the two places on on planet Earth that don't have rats are Alberta and Antarctica. Huh. I didn't know that. 
Good to know. It might be different, but this was a couple years ago that yeah. I learned this fact. Another case, and another terrifying potential is imagine if suddenly all of the ants in the world were sentient and they were oh, all controlled no. by one queen. And when oh, I say God. sentient, yeah. I mean like literally as intelligent as humans, yeah. not slightly subpar. Yeah, yeah. Because then... They're also way more done. numerous. Oh, yeah. We're screwed. And, like, and they can nothing sneak. we can do. I have like tiny little ants that keep sneaking in my apartment. I don't know where they're coming from. There's not food. They're just like randomly showing up and like crawling on my like arm while I'm sitting on the couch. And I'm like, it's just like one. They're yeah. very, and I'm like, why are you here? And how are you still here? Yeah. I've been dealing with you for years. You, I kill a bunch of you and then you keep coming back and there's no food here mm-hmm. because there's just so many fucking just, ants. I mean, we're outnumbered. It's 10 million to one or something. Yeah. Some, something literally insane. Like and, and, and imagine you have the like soldier ants or not soldier ants. What's the um, worker? No, no, no. The like the really bullet ants. Bullet ants. Like, yeah, genuinely, like really dangerous for uh-huh. humans. It, and if they were smart, they would just be able to. Yeah, they, they could murder people in a way that is like overwhelming. And they and they would sneak up. You wouldn't know because no. what if they organize and they they have a like a uh, they could become allies with a bunch of pigeons and they get just they airdropped into a city and they just all of Absolutely. a sudden are like on people like it, it, it the, the idea of living in a society where animals have and this is again assuming that animals have human intelligence like their yeah. intelligent their intellectual capacity self-awareness emotional eq whatever yeah. is at human levels yeah we're done yeah if yeah. they can partner if they can coordinate with us like you know, we're, we're, like, no, that, I would, I would note though that some of them are reliant on us. It's like a parasitic relationship, like the rats. What are rats going to do without humans? Especially like, like city rats? Where are they going to go? Side point I cannot wait for Ratatouille to enter the public domain and someone to make a, uh, like a Winnie horror the, movie. Yeah, the Winnie the Pooh thing they did with, but <laughs> where, with Ratatouille. Where Remy we're going to be dead by the time Alfredo this happens, man. To <laughs> commit yeah. mass murder. Oh, yeah, it's going to be awful. But, cannot wait. but when you have a parasitic relationship of some of these animals, that not, does not, protect. Not parasitic. Uh, symbiotic. Is it symbiotic? Are they helping us? Plagues assist with population control. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. That's a, some that's some right wing Twitter right there. We're, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, totally. Anyway, so yeah, I I think to your point, like if we can keep them, so if if they're below the intelligence of humans, right. just slightly, you get to an organize. Like I I think there's some things that are just not gonna like you're no no more pets. No one's gonna be able to keep a pet. Otherwise, it's just full. You have to be like enslaving these animals right. because they're smart enough to get away and Pe- be completely cognizant of that. Like and yeah. Now I will say there are people again going back to the food industry that are well aware of what these animals can do and they still participate in it. Right. Like yeah, yeah. the depths of human savagery are so low. What yeah. we can and will yeah. do as a species to ourselves and to others. Yeah. It's incredible. So let's not forget that. No. But 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 I'm, imagine the average the, the, person. Yes. But I'm but I'm not kidding like imagine if pigs were twice as smart. Now, mm-hmm. three times as smart because even though they're pretty smart, they're still well below human intelligence. You get them smarter. How many of them are going to break out of these feedlots? How many of them are going to organize and do a jailbreak or just overwhelm anyone who tries to enter there? Imagine you have a goldfish in a bowl. Goldfish, famously stupid as shit. Uh, that goldfish is like, okay, I'm trapped in this. I need to get to some water. How do I get to some water? They know they have to be in water. They have so, to get to some other water. Yeah, they get to some yeah. other water. They're probably going to like 
feign their own death, get flushed down a toilet and go, ha I'm free, bitch. And then just like swim on down through the sewer system and get to freedom. You know, like they're going to think about how they just watched Finding Nemo, didn't you? No. Uh, <laughs> does it happen to Finding Nemo? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I forgot Finding Nemo. I haven't seen it in a long time. But you're going to have them doing things like that. You're going to have, yeah, any pet is going to, it would have to be more of like a Brian and family guy relationship of like, we're friends. Right. I live with you. That's a great, yeah. Like, maybe it's like pets are, it's more of, you like befriend a, a dog. And the dogs, because they don't have opposable thumbs, they kind of need a little bit of help with, like, building structures to, like, keep themselves dry or whatever. Yeah. So there's – dogs are – oh, like, they are free agents, and everybody knows that, like, you can befriend a dog and just invite them to live with you and be, like, a be like a quote-unquote pet. Yeah. But it's more that – there's a mutual understanding of what's happening here. If you want me for my adorableness and to hang out with, and I need somebody to put a roof over my head and – so I, I, I'm living here on my own accord. And if you become an abusive person, I can leave by just walking out. It's really – you're reminding me of kind of the, the history of the domestication of cats, not dogs. This is It's a very different story. Okay. But the, the, the historical perspective on the way cats were domesticated is basically as humans developed shelters, those shelters developed the, – attracted and, and, and food and started storing food at the beginning of the agricultural age – that started attracting rats. And the rats, as they uh, started coming in, rats and mice and all these little woodland critters started gathering and congregating around human civilization, human territories. Yeah. Then any local cats that were around, this is before the widespread of cats, but like yeah. they would come in and hunt the rats that were eating the grain that humans were stockpiling. Yeah. And that's sort of what started that kind of, again, that symbiotic relationship where the humans, the cats had a ready source of food because of the humans. Mm -hmm. The humans had someone to take care of their pest problem. And then the cats also started having warm spaces to give birth and live. And then, so that's sort of, this is a very overly simplified and reductive account of it, but that's basically how it started. And then over time, Cats became increasingly domesticated, but never fully. I mean, cats are much closer to their original historical ancestors than dogs are. Yeah. Like, we think we've domesticated them, and we haven't. Like, my cat has figured out how to open doors. I'm aware. Yeah. He's, he, ta- he's watched me take a shit several times. Several times. And he just figured out that he can open up the door in our new place, too. So we have to keep oh, that locked what? now. Wait, aren't they knobs? Uh, No, the front door isn't. Oh, that's, so he that's can, the wrong. Well, at least it, it, it's a small floor if he gets out. It is. It's true. Um, and elevators are required. And exactly. He probably can't figure out the elevator yet. 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 Being the operative room. Yeah. But this this kind of brings it like, so if you take that and just make it much more, not as accidental, but much more deliberate, where you're actually negotiating with animals to to identify some sort of again, symbiotic relationship or some sort of relation, transactional relationship where you come and hunt all these pests, even though they're intelligent, but I keep you, because of my ability, like you said, to build structure, I keep you safe and warm and give you a place to come and relax and give birth to your babies. And oh my gosh, aren't these babies cute? And then they're like, yeah, please leave my babies alone. Yeah. But I have to go hunt. And they're like, oh, I'll keep your baby safe while you hunt. And I've, I've been ranting for too long. 
but, but it was interesting. So, uh, <laughs> but, um, but as you're ranting, I was uh, also had a completely different uh, left turn into some other noodles based on the phrasing of the words. Just you said woodland creatures like seven minutes ago, um, and I want to talk about woodland creatures now because I was like, okay, immediately, if the woodland realm is full of intelligent creatures, much like every story about elves or any natural like. I feel like a lot of fantasy stories. Like we watched the D and D movie yesterday, yeah, uh, which is great, uh, super but, fun. But I, but they I, I, go see it with your party. Go see it. It's just a it was great, it, it's just fun. Just see it even if you don't play D and D. It's just yeah, funny. It's just fun. But they have like you know uh, they include the trope of they're encroaching upon nature and they're and they're yeah. they're deforesting and they're taking out the the, the woodland uh, like uh, there's emerald a, enclave. Yeah, there's the wood elves. There's the the, the conclave there. Whatever mm-hmm. that storyline that trope becomes immediately much more interesting if all of a sudden every animal in the forest is intelligent. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how dangerous a group of intelligent bears becomes? Oh, shit. Like, and, the and, bear brigade. And, 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 the bear brigade. <laughs> and, and I know this is included in the Golden Compass or His Dark Materials series. Mm-hmm. They have like the polar bears that are smart, but like they're like, they're like isolationist and right. I don't know. I haven't actually read that. I just, I watched like season one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I gotta watch season three. But yeah, like if you have a bunch of grizzly bears Mm -hmm. in a forest who are intelligent Mm -hmm. and they are the bear brigade do you want to try to deforest because you know who they're going to be in cahoots with every other creature in that Mm -hmm. forest because they're probably going to be the muscle and the like the most powerful they're the out they're the apex of that that ecosystem every bird is happy to cooperate with them mm-hmm. means that because also they're probably not eating many birds right uh, but those Fish birds are, are gonna the birds are gonna scout and they're gonna and they're gonna find out where the humans are trying yep. to come in and deforest. probably drop some rats behind them em- or mice behind enemy lines that they can then kind of yeah. navigate and scout and or, feed inside you know literal they, moles you know what they're gonna do they're gonna fly low and they're gonna aim their shits right in the fucking <laughs> eyes of every human because you ever been pooped on? It's very disorienting. It Imagine is. if they could aim it. Imagine if they tried like, to aim it yeah. at your face. Yeah. Like, and that's going to distract you while all of a sudden, you know who runs fast? A fucking grizzly bear. Yeah. They're going to grizzly You know who else storm. is almost bulletproof? A fucking grizzly yeah. bear. Yeah. And that's assuming you have guns. Right. If we're doing a fantasy setting where, where like, like low technology, you, what, you're going to shoot a bow and arrow at a, at a grizzly bear? Oh, there's another grizzly bear. Oh, and another. And then you have like five. So you you really can keep like it becomes humans become so much more docile in a way. Like they have to go to open plains. They have to find yeah. areas yeah. that are safe for them because you're turning the time. You're turning it around and you're saying you are not able to encroach in anyone else's environment because they well, you are- can. It's just much much harder. But probably not worth the cost. That's so okay. you're going to go to places where wildlife is more minimal, mm-hmm. which also means probably it's a bad or it's a bad climate, mm-hmm. and there's fewer sources of food. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to go to open plains where you're pretty vulnerable. You're not going to be in very defensible positions. I don't yeah. think because because naturally they are operating. The animals would occupy. They are probably much more suited to survive in these harsher climates than we are. That's kind of their whole yeah. shtick is that they evolution can... like betrayed us eventually. It did, yeah. Like, no, it, it completely. We, we are no our, longer well, able. It, to... Our intel physically, intellectually, it didn't. Yeah, but physically, it it did. Yes, completely. Because we cannot survive in. I remember watching this Planet Earth episode where it was talking about how kangaroos survive in the like hundred and eighty degree 
heat in Australia in, in the summers, right? And I'm sorry, 180? I'm exaggerating. I don't know. It was very, very hot. <laughs> 140 probably? Maybe. In I, Fahrenheit, I feel like a 140 is like the cap. I, it was very hot. Yeah. That's yeah. all that yeah, I remember. Gotcha, gotcha. And I was using hyperbole for the purpose of yeah, our yeah, audience. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. Um, And I, they showed this heat vision uh, camera. What kangaroos would do is they would lick their wrists to cool down the 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 whole wrist area and then that cooled blood would flow throughout the rest of their body and it would help regulate their body temperature interesting and i and you could see it you could see like through the heat cam yeah. the the blood cooling and then the rest of the kangaroo's body starting to cool okay so i'm thinking noodles on this is you're gonna get to a point where you're gonna start maybe over a long if you have a long tail process here you're, mm-hmm. you're gonna start reversing evolution Interesting. Humans are kind of atavism. People are going to become hairier because it's better for warmth, especially if you're in harsher climates. People are going to start like you're going to start getting back to might be people who have sharper teeth and Mm -hmm. are able to uh, cut through, you know, the tougher meat you're eating. I don't like it's going to be probably slow. But I think you could get to the point where you start reversing some of these evolutionary processes and and humans become a bit more carnal and a bit more primal because they have to. Yeah. Since all of the animals are now, like, as you said, we intelligently, we, right. we evolved, but our physical stuff is where we where we got screwed over. Right. They've all now evolved on their intelligence. And I guess I'm assuming that there was, like, a, a moment in time where all of these animals became I'm more intelligent. I'm sort of imagining that. Like, there was a magic spell or yeah, something. Yeah, we're just, just going to hand wave yeah, and yeah, say yeah, that's what happens yeah. in, in our hypothetical. Because if, if, if you start from fun. the beginning... Where humans there, would never. Yeah, humans would never have, have, have become a, a factor. Right. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're assuming that there's like a sudden shift. But yeah, you would have them start reversing evolution, I think. I think Which would be you could certainly, there's enough internal logic there yeah. that you could build that seamlessly into your world. Yeah, and that you don't would have be, to. You don't have to, but you very well could. And almost use that as a way of reverse engineering if you wanted to get to the point of creating fantasy races and i have some noodles a separate bowl of noodles like imagine you had the burlier hairier hardier humans in the north and in the mountains there's kind of your orc analogy right versus your fair humans in the in other areas there's your l right like you could suddenly if you if you have a long enough timeline they're all humans, but you get to because in a lot of like this is common in a lot of games where mm-hmm. they'll have uh, multiple human species you can play, yeah. And they're like, oftentimes it's just like, oh well, they're just different skin color, and you're like, but what if they're actually dramatically different? Yeah, you know the well the, Skyrim, Skyrim they, with, they with, have with the, the Nords, Nords, the Bretons, the Red Falls, the Red Guard, Red Guard. Yes, yeah, so they do it a little bit, but yeah, you could take it to a further extreme of. Because it's just like, oh, they're slightly shorter or they have, or they're slightly taller. But what if it's, they're hairier dramatically. Right. They are, uh, you know, like their facial features are different. They, they like fully look unique to each other because, right. and like in every way, because they are evolving differently. Totally. And you could do, th- I mean, very similarly, right? Like the Dune world is, is still set. It's still Earth. But it's millions of years into the future, mm-hmm. right? And Numenera, the, the the cipher setting, the Monty Cook game setting is Earth one billion years into the future, yeah. 
right? So you could give it in a long enough timeline and you absolutely could do something like this. And this is related to the other bowl of noodles where, you know, we spend so much time mostly because it's fun, but every fantasy world is set in a world where you have fantasy races. You know, again, we watched yep. a D&D movie last night and we got to see tieflings and Aarakocra and tabaxi. Dragonborn and Tabaxi and we got to see all of these things. All pretty well done, too. I thought they were great. Um, tabaxi looked a little weird, uh, but it's, it's a cat person. It's a cat person. Um, I dropped my bowl. Fantasy races. Fantasy races. Thank you. Where you spend all of these time, all this time thinking about them, but in a world where there is, in a fantasy world where there are intelligent animals, you don't need that because suddenly you can have the bear brigade and the tiger team and <laughs> the tiger tiger team is like a it's a corporate thing Please yeah let's just, just move on the tiger tiger i think it's got to be team it's got to be tiger it's got to be team. Team. It's it's tiger team yeah. yeah but yeah like but you, like you can have these and organized use, and you and have these organized societies and use them as stand-ins for your orcs and your elves and yeah. your goblins and because i was thinking about it like goblins in fantasy world have varying levels of intelligence in some world, you know, they're the tinkerers, they're the engineers, they're way smarter than humans. Yeah. Even though they're much more physically frail in other areas, they're in other fantasy worlds, they're super dumb. Yeah. And, and very like brutal and uh, cannibalistic. Yeah, exactly. They, they run the gamut. And as you're I'm thinking about, I think there's a lot of fantasies, not fantasy stories. There's sort of like children's stories and things that focus on, we're we're going to make it, you know, like uh, Paw Patrol. Uh, just get it, Bluey, <laughs> Puppy you, Dog Pals. Did you I'll, see the SNL skit about Paw Patrol? No, it's Oscar Isaac running against the mayor of the town that has the Paw Patrol, and his uh, whole campaign is that the mayor is unsuited to leadership because she's outsourced their entire public safety to these dogs that have no experience. That's it's very, it's very funny. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Um, but we make these stories about intelligent animals, mm -hmm. and you could like take those, and they're usually told as more children's stories, and mm -hmm. they're not necessarily grounded in a ton of logic, as as you just pointed out. Like right. they're outsourcing it to a bunch of dumb dogs. But if you take those types of stories, but then you know, if you're trying to tell a story about um, a conflict in the woods from the perspective of the birds and you can like you know people are trying to make i assume i mean i not assume but uh you know tolkien made the uh, made the wood elves live in the trees among the trees but what if you just were like well we don't need to do that we'll just tell it from the birds perspective the birds are as smart as these elves would have been mm -hmm. let's just tell them their story they can fly they have all these uh, abilities mm -hmm. and you really you beef up them and and you you don't make them like cartoony and caricatures you right. make them well what if like we know enough about birds that you could tell a really interesting story about bird society i can hear brandon lee mulligan's <laughs> heart rate <just sighs> heavy breathing <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to like brainstorm ideas about what the stories of the bird society would be right now, but I'm just I'm running through a bunch of them in my head and there's like, there's a lot of meat there. Yeah. And especially because you then, you can make, like you said, they, these are the individual fantasy races essentially is, right. is these animals. 
And because what, what if you have the birds, but you still have wood elves, you could do it from that perspective too, of maybe, cool. maybe these birds are intelligent because the wood elves awakened every single bird. Yeah. So then all of the birds have been in, imbued and they're the only intelligent creatures in, in, in this forest. That's cool. Or, or something you could even in, if you wanted to do it for a game setting, maybe some Beastmaster Rangers eagle mated you know with another with a familiar with a wizard's familiar that was also in the form of an eagle and that started this <laughs> whole it's, i don't make the rules oh, no but but that could be a cool way a, a cool hook for it and i did you ever read any of the Redwall series um i like back in the day um, I think I was, tr- I wanted to, but I was just not a good reading kid, honestly, but no, they looked I, cool. They're really cool. And they're set in this sort of medieval Europe world yeah. where there are no humans, but where it's all animals. Yeah. So Martin. Very rodent focused. Yeah, too, very, wasn't? very rodent focused. There's, there's Martin, uh, Martin, the warrior who was a mouse, I think. And then there was, I remember this because it was such a cool name. It was uh, Sunflash the Mace. Who was that's cool. fucking badass? Yeah. Who was a badger that had a like yellow stripe in its fur? Yeah. So that's Sunflash, and then he, he was he was anthropomorphic, but um he had a big wooden club, and that was his. So Sunflash, the man, I just remember I was yeah. like that's. I read that when I was ten. It's oh, stuck with me. Okay, noodles. So you have intelligent animals. And let's say we're holding everything relatively equal, like it's a typical fantasy setting, but you have a mercenary company formed of animals who are intelligent and like badass fighters. So you have, uh, what was it? Sun, the mace. Sunflash, the mace. Sunflash, the mace. Which was just, the more I, I I fucking 25 years later, I'm getting chills still. So you've got Sunflash, the mace. You have a bear. You, one of the bear brigade guys, yeah. you've got some flesh, the mace, you have, uh, like a hawk who wears a, a, a helmet, yeah. uh, and like bird armor and yeah. just swoops in with his with talons that are like super long. Like you can create this like very, and like, I'm now imagining doing an RPG like this, like ha- have the party be all, you are all animals, right? You all have to, you are all intelligent animals, right? But you have to pick a different animal, and then you make like a mercenary company full of various things, and then you all can immediately fit, like you know, if you have the druid who wants to shape into different animals to to solve problems, but if you said no, 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 we already ha- we we have a bird, we have a big we have a big bear, right? We we, we have a little mouse who can get in here. Right. Maybe you have a bug that can do like yeah. you. We have our striker, we have our tank, we have our frontliner, we have our whatever. The, like they're all built into the fact that they're animals, and then. You just get to be, that'd be kind of fun. And I think important, I one thing I do want to do again, because the, that Redwall series really is kind of like the, the pinnacle of the of the art form of the animal-based society. Yeah. One thing that I think is really important here is that they are not anthropomorphic. They are not, like, they cannot walk on their hind legs and use their hands like, right? Because yeah. then you're just telling a human story with... Exactly. Right? Like, I, I think it's more interesting if they are... They're all still quadrupeds, right? Like, yeah. bears suddenly don't have opposable thumbs because then everyone's fucked. But yeah. I think that's kind of where the strength of it comes in. and Because then it's... I think, to your point, you're, you're, you're telling human stories if you anthropomorphize them. You have to keep them as animals. And that's what I was saying about like not making them the cartoons. Make it the actual birds. Make right. it make it as 
animalistic as it can be because if you've removed the limitations of opposable thumbs or right. or like size or uh like need for like their natural needs yeah of like oh they need to be eating or drinking this specific thing or they need room they need like fish still need fucking water you right. can't just remove that otherwise it's just right. well what's the point well how would the just well, go to bikini bottom well and then how would the birds and the ro- like you would have to have some sort of Oh, so, d- arrangement because the birds got to eat meat like yeah. they're carnivores. The, they're they're raptors. The they, tension between certain animals that are intelligent of like you're going to have some really interesting conflict that mm-hmm. is like baked in. You're basically baking in prejudice because it's like, yeah, of course, I fucking hate birds. They keep swooping in and eating me and my friends. Right. Like, and the birds are like, we're trying to keep you safe. We're, we, it's not that we hate you. We, we just have to eat. Yeah, and so what, what, what are we do... supposed to do? And then it's like you might move into the point where humans, being a bit more capable and intelligent, they are wheeling and dealing with alternative food supplies to be like, oh, nice. because that's cool. Because they are humans in this situation; they're the only ones capable of agriculture so far. Because because of opposable thumbs, because of our our physical elements make us more capable of agriculture than they would be capable Mm -hmm. so we're growing crops and we can feed the different animals and we could say all right we will broker a deal we'll broker a piece between the birds and the the fish or between two species that are fighting over the same food source we'll broker Mm -hmm. a piece and say we will give you a bunch of corn to Mm -hmm. eat and in exchange for your piece I'm. I don't think humans would do that. No, I don't. No, think no, they no, would. no, 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 no. But, but wait, I think they wouldn't do that because. I think instead, what they would probably do is they just like you were saying, humans. What if humans kind of evolved over time, and you know, evolution did its thing and self-selected for biological traits. Humans, if we are capable of of doing agriculture. I am envisioning why wouldn't humans then start cultivating dumb animals? Oh, why wouldn't they say, okay. "Oh, we found these two pigs that are really stupid by yeah. by relative standards in this world." And then we're gonna, we're going to keep breeding them. We're going to artificially over breed and, over. and then create, yeah. basically reverse their reverse engineer their way back to our world. Yeah. Okay. And I love. I am fascinated by ecoterrorism stories because I think it's a really interesting twist on like I think this is the eighth time we've brought up like ecoterrorism in fantasy. True, because it's usually druids. Yeah. This isn't druids. We love our dark druids. But this is the animals are the ecoterrorists. Uh-huh. Is that as that you have a bunch of rats sneaking in and the rats sneak in and they give the plague to all the uh, all of the pigs that are being bred. They kill. They wipe out the whole population and say yeah. you have to start over, basically. Yeah. And so they have to like breed these animals, these dumb animals, in secrecy. You wouldn't even need that. Just send a bunch of snakes in, and they can take them True. out. True. Or a bunch of um. Or if you, or if you, or if you were, if you reverse engineered chickens, like there was this story. There's this um this farmer that I follow on Twitter. She was the one that had the the emu that went viral on TikTok. I don't have TikTok. I don't either, but I saw her on Twitter. She's brilliant, runs this great farm. And it was very sad because they lost 99% of their birds because of an avian flu outbreak. Yeah. And it just took like one bird, one oh, wild yeah. bird got in. 
I mean, I work in agriculture and, yeah. and the, the threats no, 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 that no, we face are very real. We'll be like, you can have a huge wipeout very quickly. Yeah, like that. But And it's almost always natural. But what if it's it's the animals themselves collaborating to to make sure that that happens? I think yeah. that's a really good conflict. And I don't know that there's much more to say on it right now, but I think like your mind can really race with that opportunity yeah. as a story. And again, a lot of it for me is coming back to I, I love the idea of hu- of of a humanless world with intelligent animals. I think that's great, and you can tell a lot of interesting stories there. Particularly yeah. if you don't anthropomize the humans, you yeah. actually tell like animal based stories. But the interest, the thing that's sticking out to me, and I'm I'm coming back a little full circle, is that any story here where we're talking about intelligent animals like this. My brain is immediately going back to that human savagery. It's like, how despicable can human beings be to yeah. other living creatures? And as we know from history, we can be pretty fucked up. Uh-huh. And so the all of these things end up becoming stories about that. That yes, you could you could you could tell a uh, you could tell a story where we're suddenly yes, we are using eugenics to create a sustainable food source and maybe the birds love us because of that but the but everyone all the other animals hate us yeah because it's like a crime against animal species but and slavery i mean this is slavery but then you're like oh but but the, the the reverse of that is we are leaving you be we are no longer hunting we are leaving your populations be and then you create an interesting moral question for those animals to be like because then you can move into I'm fascinated by the idea of taking the animals and creating a political drama among the animals. Mm. Like going back going back to the rat king on the city yeah. council situation yeah. of well what if the the deer are having a conversation about the moralism of the deer domain. Sure. The deer dynasty? The deer uh, dynasty better. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh friends with the duck dynasty, I believe. Um no. <laughs> But no, so no, you, you, no. But you have political conversations and these philosophy, like having a philosophical debate of, among themselves. And that's where the conflict of the, the story can come in is the deer trying to decide what to do. And I don't know how, where, where you go with that, but well, I, you but end I, up at animal farm, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, but but still, I mean, that's one of the. But I I don't think you need to go. You don't need need to go to savagery per se, because I like bringing it back to the Rat King on the City Council, like in full. I think that shows an example of how this could create a story that is not overly dark. It is about. It's about how do we cooperate because we know we kind of have to, and you, and you're not you're not making it about conflict. It's humans real because we're logical, and so if if you if you don't take the whole we're dialing back our evolution, or we're just as intelligent as we are in, in real life, mm-hmm. that we would realize there's no point in us fighting this. Like w- the rats are here, we have to work with them. We have to work with these different animals. We would politically outmaneuver probably a lot of them, sure. and you create these interesting conflicts of trying to keep them like keep the, the the disc spinning to keep all the animals in the ecosystem healthy because we know we need the healthy ecosystem. And, and you can, if you're writing a story and building a world, you can make it have whatever level of idealism and optimism that you want. So if you want to have a world where the humans aren't very savage and they are very much like we want to cooperate, 
maybe there was a war in the past against the animals and the animals clearly kicked our ass. The bears were really fucking rough. And now they're like, all right, well, we're just going to give in and we're going to cooperate. We're going to try to create a symbiotic system. Mm. And then you have a fragile system that you're trying to uphold the peace within. And so you just gave me an interesting thought. The implication. Okay. So we've discussed kind of the implication. If let's say for a second that we're, we're putting aside the bestial nature of, of humanity and in Embrace our better nature as as our guiding point and assume mm-hmm. that if humans were able to recognize like they don't in Pokemon where they just keep hitting these helpless creatures against each other and making yeah. them burn each other and shock each other until unconsciousness over and over again. Yeah. The human capacity for empathy is very strong. You see this and it's becoming a greater and greater question as AI and robotics are starting to become more mainstream. Like humans will pack bond with anything. Yeah. Right. And... If we lived in a world where with intel where we knew that animals were intelligent, right? Human beings are not cannibals. We are in in the in the sense that we kill each other to get what we want, but we don't physically eat each other. Yeah. Right? Follow that to its logical kind of conclusion where we wouldn't eat any animals. We wouldn't eat any animals. So would we be a vegan society, number one? Number mm. two. Would we be capable of having the level of society that we do, knowing that all of our need for material growth, for industry, for fucking cell phones, depends on the destruction of the wildlife and the ecosystem? You might end up with like a very um, Tarzan-esque situation of like, I am happily a part of nature. I live in the nature. I don't think Tarzan. I'm imagining more like Pandora from from the James Cameron Avatar. Yeah, where the humans are coming in and ruining everything. No, I meant where the where the 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 well, Navi. The Navi. Yeah. Okay. That's you're imagining yeah. that the humans that are it Navi. would be more like that. But yeah, I think it, but you're it right. would be very deliberately like that. Yeah. I mean, like I think it's very Native American. Like, yeah. Looking at like this very like we respect the earth. We are part of the earth. When we do kill, we use everything. And because it, it might just be we don't kill, we don't, we are vegan unless an animal dies of natural causes. In which case, you know, if this animal dies, we are respectful because we knew them. But maybe not. Maybe because it is because it would be like eating a dead relative or something. So yeah. maybe, maybe it is, yeah, fully veganism because you're like it's very um, utopian. Who is it? Is it uh, which of the Disney princesses just has like like is friends with all the animals, the woodland creatures? Literally all of them. All of them. That's true. That's just that, that's <laughs> that's absolutely what all of them do. But you you kind of have that of like like you wake up every morning and like the birds are chirping and coming in and you're talking to the birds yeah. and the birds are being very helpful and like carrying things around and the humans are like crafting little things for yeah. people and being like oh oh i fixed your nest for you or yeah here's or like, a little bowl of or, water or, or, take or a I, bath i wove a nest that, w- that it's a, like thick palm fronds so it's like it, it, it's like a sturdy basket yeah. you could put your smaller nest in that's more comfortable but yeah. like this will keep it from falling out of the tree so yeah. something like that you create you think about what services we could provide to animals if we could yeah. talk to them and they could understand what we were doing and we could understand what they needed yeah what would we create for them what would we give them what are you gonna give a bear you're heading into hibernate, man? Okay. Let me... I'm imagining like the day of, of the bear hibernation. Everybody gets together for like one big feast. Yeah. And they're like, hey, guys, have a good winter. And they send them off with a bang. The whole forest comes together and, and like the humans are like cooking a bunch of stuff. There's like a... There's just a big calorically dense cake that yeah. they that they all get to partake in because otherwise it's just like, well, we've, we've been hunting it's just, for... It's just, it's just bowls of whale blubber. 
Yeah, like they really <laughs> lean into it and and they celebrate different elements of the biology and the of all these creatures. And what are we going to give them? Yeah, oh, I I'm for something about the way that you phrased it. I could see a cool trade off where you worked at like a services barter system where it's like, okay, so the humans will guard the bear dens during hibernation. Oh yeah. And like maybe leave food for them, but, and you know, water like for the babies and things like that. But then they flip it and yeah. in, and the bears are guards like during the summer to be yeah. like, Hey, can you guys like be pretty vigilant? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You could do so- it's something very easy like that. And, and it immediately, um, just took me back to the Blade movies with the idea of vampire familiars. Yeah. And would you then have humans that were animal familiars instead of having animals that were human familiars? Mm, maybe. You know, like someone who really wanted to be part of the Bear Brigade. Yeah. And they're like, they're like falling around, helping them out every, every which way they can. Yeah. Be like, and um, you had that option to leave, leave human society. Is it even leaving though? Or is it just like... Oh, like if you want. I mean, like you could choose where you live, basically. It would yeah. be like moving from one city to another. I'm gonna go live with the wolf pack. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go help them. I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt like a wolf. I'm gonna be like uh you know, I'm gonna fill in the gaps that they can't fill. Yeah. Something cl- somebody clone or like uh somebody went up the tree. Well, I'm climbing up and I'm gonna knock them down. The wolves are gonna get them. Yeah. You know, you you create a bit more potential for especially these like more predator animals uh-huh. like humans will fill in the gap in your skills uh-huh. because we're capable of doing things and you can't with uh-huh. mostly opposable thumbs right. but a variety of things what can we do yeah and then yeah you it's like a job what, what, what does timmy want to do when he, go, when he when he goes out on, on his own oh he wants to become uh, a a bear protector or, or he wants to go join a wolf pack or whatever like you can think of it as like a vocation is how to, and maybe the animals are doing the same thing of like, there's a bird that says like, Oh, he really just wants to be like a, like a scout for the humans. So yeah. he, the, the bird leaves the nest and goes and scouts for humans. You know, you could have it be so multifaceted of take what, 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 what animals are doing now in, in human society, make it optional as like I think yeah. they could do if they like the humans and they're taken care of and it's just an it's an adventure and then flip it of like humans can also do tasks for animals and because everybody's intelligent everyone it. talks to each other about it so it's like a big open economy it's a big open and I love that you said economy it's a big open economy it's free trade of ideas and it also gives you a very internally consistent reason for the development of technology yeah because let's say I'm this kid, I'm obsessed with the falcon family, mm-hmm. whatever. And I really want to be a falcon. I really want to be a bird. But I can't do that until I, unless I figure out some sort of way to fly and glide. And, right? Yeah. And that is your impetus for figuring out some form of flight. Yeah. And it wouldn't have to be airplanes necessarily. It could be just like the... A glider system or a hang glider or what are, what are those bodysuit things that yeah, the mimic the flying or whatever. squirrel? Yeah, yeah, those things. Like, it could just be as simple as that. Yeah. And so you could have this potentially very, I don't want to say technologically advanced, but you could have this very cool society where humans have built things that help them survive in animal-led societies. Yeah. Where, like, you've built armor. To help you live more like a bear. Yeah. 
Right. Like you have built glider suits to help you be well and and be uh, part of the the bird brigade. And your the bird like ba- the bird band, excuse me. It's the bird, bird band. Huh. Consider fucked it up. <laughs> consider how much we take from nature for our own technological development though. Yeah. So you could, you know, you could instead of if you're looking for new weaponry, you go to the like to over to the scorpions and say, "Hey man, what can we give you to get some of that venom? We're, we 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 want to use that venom to develop some weapons because we're being threatened by uh, somebody. I don't know who, yeah. but another uh, human tribe. I mean, but that's the thing. You're still telling the same stories. Yeah, but w- w- well, okay. So he, what if you're not? And by that I mean, I think it, it creates an interesting opportunity for the other, for who is the alien to this scenario. So I'm thinking you have a, like like the whole world is basically basically I'm I'm thinking about the Navi versus yeah. the humans yeah. of who there is, does need to be another somewhere who is the other that is coming in and crashing into the entire system because the entire system is working so well mm-hmm. across the whole world every every animal is collaborating with humans and like yes there's tensions but like they're relatively minor and then like how do you bring in the outsider and and I'm trying to think of can you do it without it just being an alien invasion? Yeah. And or and and by alien like it, it, a demonic invasion would work too. Like some yeah. sort of other plane, like some sort of like, other. Yeah, like truly other not cuz you could also do it like very much the um Scar and his yeah. band in The Lion King of they're just whatever animal you fucking hate, mm-hmm. make them the bad guy. Yeah. I'm going to make spiders the bad guy, and they're just like... The they're, spider squad. Yeah, this is a spider syndicate. Thank spider you. syndicate. Because right. they obviously would be organized crime, uh, because they are... They're really good at organized crime people, I think. That's like the perfect uh, fit for them. Anyway. Folks, Kyle hates spiders. Well, I'm just a bit of an interactive folk. So, you know, yeah. I don't, it's, it's not necessarily hatred. I know, you, they're, I know they're really important did. for society. Yeah. They're very important for society. I do not want them in my house, because they scare me mm. a little bit. NIMBY. Yeah. Uh, well, well, they could be in the backyard. Which is mm. not uh, Nim, not my house. Literally, th- that's the the title of a book, "The Rats of Nymph," and it's like N I M H, and it's about intelligent animals. Oh, fun! Yeah, here's an idea: bears going to hibernate, mm-hmm. big hibernation. Mm-hmm. Some rogue human wizard mind controls them all while they're asleep. Like, hmm. gets into the dreams, fucks with them. Maybe it's a, a, a god. Maybe it's somebody. Fucks with these bears. The bears come out of the hibernation changed. They're turning on all of the animal kingdom, all of society. Hmm. And the bears are a big threat. The bears are throwing a huge wrench. And then and the bears are, because they're so powerful, they're hmm. pulling in people who are aligning with them, smaller creatures. And then you have this conflict. It's like a bit of a civil war among the woodland realm hmm. or, or whatever the woodland ecosystem. World the woodland world uh you have a, a civil war going on of which animals are going to side with them versus you've got like the the bobcats and the humans and the turtles and like their yeah their alliance or whatever and you kind of have this splintering started because everything was working well but it's like one person threw a huge wrench in it because I, I i i like the idea that it's starting out as it's like all symbiotic and working mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. and how do you get to the point where it's falling apart without it just being an other invasion and it could just be another invasion. Could just, i mean there's n- nothing wrong with that particularly if you're living in a world with magic that's fine it could be 
you could take it a tragic way where someone was trying to do something good and then a spell went awry and they got corrupted. And Yeah. Or like um, a tragedy of they're trying to cut down a tree that was uh, that was rotted and they were trying to cut it down and it like accidentally fell and destroyed a, and like killed a bunch of... Oh yeah, it uh, fell the wrong direction. Yeah. They thought it would tip left, it went right. And it, and it caused a lot of damage and then there, there's like a huge rift that comes from that and yeah. then you have like an ampening up of the tension mm-hmm. uh, as people's animal instincts... Will, any, everyone's animal's instincts are kicking in and yeah. then they're like at each other's throats pretty quickly. Yeah. Or like a wildfire. It could be something Ooh, like... Oh yeah, you know, wildfire. I mean, very, very topical. Or... And I don't want to keep coming back to animal house because it's already been written but you animal house animal farm jesus yeah i don't think the frat boys are coming to this one you could not to keep coming back to animal farm but you could have it be you know the whole point of and the reason society's doing well is because the animals are off doing their own thing and then humans are off trying to join the animal society but then the one x factor is one animal that wants to become a human Mm -hmm. and learning about being human and 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 the more that the animal tries to emulate humans the worse it gets it's it's literally the same story as animal okay no as animal farm just without the the allegory yeah yeah okay okay, so what if they want to become a human magic exists Mm -hmm. they know but magic is like ancient and kind of like dead at this point no one always had to do it but but they're and maybe it's not just one person maybe maybe it's not just one animal it's like a small uh, cult of animals that are all like or a small ooh, a small group of exiles people because animals <clears throat> will leave out weak members of their oh animals will leave out weak members of their society all the time they do that they leave oh, they leave the weak yeah. behind right like yeah. that happens and but what are humans good at doing humans are good at cultivating society to protect the weak and like yeah. the, the like healthcare soap is the sign of civilized society, right like yeah, it, yeah. it's all our, our existence depends on us protecting ourselves from the outside world not existing in balance with it and so these weak abandoned maybe injured animals they want to become human or even are taken in by humans and then they grow up resentful like they they like the humans but they they're still carrying a grudge and then you have some of those who are very capable in the end and they end up in like a power position and they say you know, I resent the fucking deer. The deer left me left me behind. I'm I broke taking, my leg. I'm taking them down. Like we right. are going to, and then you've got like, I mean, like a genocidal deer against the other deer. Like that's fucked up. Yeah. And, like, and but it doesn't even. I don't even want to say it necessarily has to be deliberately genocidal. No, but no, no. Uh, but someone who does who carries a grudge. Yeah. Who's not out to get, but who just does not give a fuck. Yeah, like they the, can just the be neglectful evil of, of indifference. Yeah, is so real. Yeah. Okay, but I'm, I'm, like not just the ones that are injured and left behind, but who is the low, the lowest rung on the the food chain? If they're smart now, they're gonna be content to be prey. Yeah. How are they gonna feel? How many of of those low rung creatures are there? There's more of them than there are at the top of the chain. And if mm-hmm. the, and if you balance out the intelligence and the numbers are in their favor, they're probably going to organize and be like at a certain point. Because it could just be that things are going okay, but the bears are becoming a little bit too big for the britches. They're being a little bit smug. They're taking a little bit too much. like A little bit of greed tips. Like not a ton, mm-hmm. but just like a little bit of greed of like everything's going pretty smooth and we're happy. 
and then they ignore the fact that the mm. people that like the slugs and the grasshoppers and all these like smaller creatures are really unhappy the grasshopper gang yeah the grasshopper uh, guard no it's gonna be huge what's a big word for the locust legion locust legion's good anyway so they're gonna probably organize and maybe they accidentally create a huge problem Hmm. they accidentally spread disease because they're they get in a bit of a fight and they like they're like fuck you and then like a bunch of locusts just start like swarming the bears like fuck you fuck you fuck you and they're attacking them and then they accidentally they don't realize that their saliva is toxic to bears and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden the bear population gets wiped out Mm. and it's an accidental mass killing and then there's no more bears in the ecosystem and then all of a sudden what the fuck do we do now the bears were critical right and then you have you know an upending of the status quo yeah I think you can I, you can upend the status quo pretty easily if it's a perfectly symbiotic situation. It's a, it, re- it requires a lot of effort mm-hmm. to balance. I I'm I love the the diplomacy skills of Audubon Bismarck. I think I've talked about this before. We we're both, actually we, haven't. We we're, we're both IR nerds, but Bismarck was able to keep peace in Europe through a lot of diplomatic skill and deftly balancing a bunch of relationships. And whenever he was gone. World War One happened pretty soon after, and he predicted mm-hmm. exactly what was going to happen to start mm-hmm. World War One. Now, imagine you do that with Otto the Otter. Otto the Otter, yes. Even though otters are terrible fucking people, but terrible fucking people, they're they're awful. Yeah, I have also said people in multiple contexts of talking about animals today because it's hard not to. It's very different. But anyway, yeah. So like, there's you have also o- a very funny Family Guy skit about horses are terrible people, <laughs> and then it's a horse that killed that poisoned someone. It was very. Funny. <laughs> it was like a 1999 cutaway. I, it was. It was. But Otto the Otter is keeping the peace through diplomatic skill mm-hmm. of keeping all of the 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 parts of this animal ecosystem happy with each other and. Be- like, because in an ecosystem, it can be well balanced, but it's well balanced through like a brutal reality of mm-hmm. kill and be killed. But if everyone's intelligent and empathy starts being cultivated, mm-hmm. keeping that balance becomes a lot harder because it's not under the threat of like we're gonna kill you. Because well, what if that per- what if that creature out outsmarts you and you you starve because yeah. they've all banded together and they went over over there with humans and now the bears are in a forest with no food. Because right. everybody's living behind the walls the humans built. Mm. And then how do you make sure that everyone's on the same page? Mm-hmm. Everyone's together. That's a great it's very hard. It is. And I love the idea that, what you know, coming around to, which didn't think about, that intelligence is the great equalizer. And suddenly if yeah. everyone's on equal intelligence, then foxes being able to be stealthy and hunt at night doesn't matter. Like might, it, because it, everybody else is sleeping still. You would need nocturnal, like nocturnal animals become more valuable, maybe, maybe, or maybe I, I, I don't, I don't know. But that, but these are the questions that you, yeah. have, right? Like if you are assuming this, then what, what the is equalized physical, out? Right, what is equalized out? And suddenly, you know, there's this very famously in, in Marvel. There's this, um, there's this character Squirrel Girl who in <laughs> in, in canon used like, swarms of squirrels to kill Thanos. What? Yeah, it's hilarious. Love it, but I also love squirrels. So right? No, no, I'm no. But, but that's my point, right? Like, job, and so, but, but that's a great example of, of of if you could band together like that, hordes of smaller animals suddenly, like the bears being bulletproof, 
it doesn't matter if yeah. you are covered in mice and can't fucking move. If you, uh, there's a video game series now called Plague Tale. During the, the Black Plague in Europe, and it's very dark, and it's the main threat. Like, you're playing a teenage girl who's trying to keep her little brother safe, but there's these massive millions of rats mm. that will so if, if you're in the darkness they will start swarming at you mm. so like fire is like a key mechanic of keeping lit but so we didn't even talk about fire in this world fuck well we, we, we had a whole conversation about fire in a different episode but but to the point being like watching them swarm because so like if, if there's a guard you need to you need to take out you'll like like a try and like you'll use a, a slingshot to to break their lantern so that all of a sudden they're in the dark and then the rats swarm them and it's pretty vicious to watch hmm. i mean it's like a quick like overwhelming of like there are thousands of rats who just run at this person and murder them very quickly and mm-hmm. they are really terrifying in a way because what if they were smart enough to do that in your world by choice against anybody rather than just instinct of a rat i i, I love that you also just gave me some noodles, the, the noodles, every single story that we've been talking about, we've been, I think we've been talking about intelligence and also assuming, which you can hand wave in a world, that there is a way to communicate, that all um, animals yep. can speak to humans, everyone can communicate True. effectively. We did assume that. We did assume that. So here's a great story, is that, yes, you can communicate, everyone, it's D&D world, everyone knows speak with animals, and there's just magic that lets you do it. And then the magic stops. Animals are still intelligent, but the, you, can but you can't talk anymore. There's no communication. So not so communication. You, you you're drawing. Are you drawing? How do you figure this out? How can you do that at scale? How do you? Because then suddenly you're dealing with the other biological limitations of some animals can't see color. Some can't see. Yeah. Can only see certain shapes. Right. Like some or, just literally can't see. You know, yeah, that, that's interesting. How do you deal with the consequences of no vocal cords right. uh, for most of these creatures? And maybe it's that you have some that are acting as more of like translators. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a certain creature that- The is, fucking parrots. The parrots become- But can parrots- Do parrots ever do anything other than just re-communicate with humans? I don't know enough about birds. Yeah, me neither. Brennan! Brennan! Uh, <laughs> but- Brennan! Th- there's some creature, surely, that could be a great- translate and maybe it's parrots maybe but maybe it's, it's parrots, maybe it's dogs maybe it's dogs horse. maybe it's no the horses can't be trusted they're poisoning people yeah, right. um <laughs> somebody is acting as a translator between the animals and the humans or maybe and maybe it's the humans are now in there is a, like an awkward like period of time where the humans are, in a, are mad dash to get magic back to be like we yeah. need to be like me communicate with the animal animals otherwise it's just like a very much you're in a foreign country. You don't speak the language. Just thumbs up, smiles, trying to be positive, like give off good vibes, talk in the right tone of voice. It, you know, because animals can like dogs can understand our tone. They can't understand our words. So maybe right. it's just like I do it, that to my cat constantly. I'm like, who's a little asshole? Are yeah. you? Are you yeah. a little piece of shit? So maybe you people are doing that to the animals. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, like the implications of that are significant, and that creates an interesting tension right. of I enjoy stories where there's the clear foreign element of whenever. Like uh, when you're watching like a show or something and they don't subtitle another language. I love when they do that shit. Where it's like, yes, keep me in the dark. I don't know that language. I think right. it's really interesting if it's a language that nobody knows. So yeah. when it's like you're not subtitling the Arabic, but I'm like, well, an Arabic speaker totally understands what's, what's happening right. here. So it's kind of like rooting it for them. Yeah. But it, when they're speaking Dothraki, don't 
don't subtitle, subtitle it. the Dothraki. That's yeah. it's interesting in that scenario. So if and it's the a humans great way of are talking, your your audience with respect. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Totally. But so like, if the humans are talking and the animals are just like looking at each other, like they're talking, but we don't know what they're talking about, or vice versa. I think it's more interesting in that scenario if you're telling this a story from the perspective of the animals and the humans become the, the foreign creature. Yeah. Because you as a human playing a uh, like, so I'm, I'm thinking if you're in an RPG campaign or something yeah, yeah. and the humans who you understand on a, on a real life Some level, base level. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have the empathy for the humans. You understand what they're up to. And, but you, and like, you might be able to pick up on what the, their nonverbal communication means, but the animals are struggling a little bit to be like, well, I don't really know what they're doing or why they're right. doing that. And I think that creates uh, creates a lot of really good stories because biologically for tension, for tension because especially because bio I think number one that would be very easy lean into paranoia as yep. the enemy right yeah. like we're suddenly oh shit we don't know we don't know we don't know and, and then this is where Otto the Otto comes in or Otto the Otter comes in maybe but got to keep that balance from keep the paranoia well, you from do tipping. Well, you do but you also. So much of animal communication is non-verbal, yeah, right? Totally. Like, so cats meow mm. only to humans. They don't meow to each other. Yeah. They 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 purr, they trill, or they have all these, you know, they, they vibrate, you know, they purr deep in their chest. But, or crickets will do their crazy little leg thing and, you know so, what I mean? But if you're in a world where they have had the full verbal communication for a long time, are the nonverbal ticks going away? Like I was watching a thing about how, oh, like, a, about zoos, and I went to the San Diego Zoo last weekend. Mm. Overrated, not worth the, the money. It was seventy dollars, and it kind of sucked. And it's huge, so don't go to San Diego Zoo. Zeus the zookeeper. Zeus the zookeeper. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. Also, they had a polar bear in San Diego. I was like, like, and it wasn't in That's an enclosed. That's fucking animal cruelty. And, yeah, it, it was. I'm sorry, they had three polar bears, and they were not in an enclosed air conditioned environment. Fuck you, San yeah, Diego. That's up. I was watching a video about what do zoos do like do zoos help mm-hmm. like what what are they achieving and one of the things they talked about was about like conservation and mm-hmm. they noted that reintroducing animals that are in the zoo is really a mixed bag some animals can be conserved through zoos like birds mm-hmm. because the most their natural instincts are the same but for some like high context animals they can't be reintroduced because they aren't learning the contextual elements of being a, a chimp out in the wild they're not learning Fuck. how to be a predator out in the wild so if you reintroduce them they never learned that which they would have learned by being raised out there but some animals Bro. can be can be totally fine because it's all instinct and it's all biology so if you have all of a sudden the verbal communication is like everywhere some animals might be fucked when it goes away and some animals might be fine because it's in their biology and the ones that are like we learn it through through like soft skills they're screwed I'm not okay. Well, that was really sad. I mean, zoos are kind of sad. No, I know, but but it does work it for some just, animals. No, 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 no I know, I know. The but California it's, condor with the San Diego Zoo did help rehabilitate. Kudos to that. Awesome. Would there be a group of humans that would try and send a little, like, raise a mole and be a mole for the moles, Martin the mole, and uh, Marvin, Marvin the mole? You could do that again from the animals' perspective. Of they all can immediately tell when someone is an outsider because they yeah. haven't been raised with this communication. That's, that's kind of cool. Like, and you know, and you show up and it's the inverse, you know, we always joke about, uh, this is what a, 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 an alien would think a human is like, mm, yeah. right. And like, that's just a, you know, for the uncanny Valley and shit yeah, like yeah. that 
from the animal perspective, it's like you think you're a mole, Marvin. You're 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 just what a human thinks a mole is. That's not actually a mole. Yeah. Well, I think that that's probably enough noodles for today. Yeah, I'm pretty full. So, what stuck for you? The whole fucking thing was. Uh, I just thought this was a great comment. I think for me, what I'm going to take away most is one: I love humans devolving or or having more splintered evolution and eventually becoming their own quote-unquote like fantasy races yeah as a result of having to you know not being able to populate the same world the the same physical areas and having to move out and live Mm -hmm. in these other areas and then over time like you've got the big hairy humans from the north and then the smaller slighter humans from the planes that are stealthier and quicker you know i am yeah. basically becoming their own fantasy races i think that stuck out to me and then also the idea of which is kind of the overarching theme for all of this but having a fantasy world or a sci-fi world or telling a story where instead of making up fantasy races you just do animals intelligent yeah. animals that can speak yeah and no orcs you can still have magic if you want like do that that's great no orcs no elves, yeah, no just, fucking tieflings, just no smart f- animals, just smart animals. Like, there's so much interesting biology out there. Yeah, go learn some of that shit. It's a great way to 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 integrate education into playing an RPG. Totally, like, especially if you're doing it with like kids. Yeah, be like, oh, for my kids, like I'm I'm running a kid focused campaign, and look, we're gonna do everyone's an animal, and you get to like go to the library at school and pick up a book on yeah. whatever animal you're, you're going to play. Let's learn about it. Yeah. And then what's, and then let's you want to be like an Arctic Fox Cause ranger. What? Cause as cool. kids, didn't we all want like have an animal you're obsessed with? Like I want to be that animal. That's why fucking beast wars was awesome. Yeah. What about you? What I for think you? for me, Sunflash the Mace as a name, but also I love the idea of the mercenary, com- the, a mercenary company or like a, like an RPG party that yeah. is, Maybe you have like one human and then like four animals that all serve a very specific role, but they're yeah. all intelligent enough and can communicate. So it's not like they're being uh, limited. I yeah. think I think that's really interesting. It's really fun. Uh, and then I really like the political entities that are creating like the Rat King is yeah. is the thing that I, is lingering in my head because I, I love political entities and factions another idea of the political factions that could come out of animals because which animals are organizing how are they organizing and what what role do they want to take in society what if the rat king like it's still called the rat king but it was a council that of rats that was all just tied to their tails were all tangled together oh jesus and they had but it was like that was their whole shtick was that they're this council yeah and they had to like fight and communicate and like come to consensus among the five of them that were all tied together. Why are they tied t- together? Isn't that a thing with a rat king where it's like a bunch of rats get their tails tangled together? I don't know. I, I remember hearing that somewhere. I don't. I could be talking. This about might my be over somewhere. my head. Yeah. Um. I think it's just pizza rat becomes rat king. Hmm. Anyway, so that's what stuck for us. Let hmm. us know what stuck for you. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>